Thank you for tuning in to Our Black Voices Matter. We can't remain silent. We must speak up. So let the conversation begin. Oh, I just finished watching uh, the Central Park Five story, When They See Us. I avoided watching that because I knew I would be really affected, severely affected to the point of helplessness and hopelessness. Because even though there was a happy end to that story, it took a long time. And it took, it felt like a stroke of luck that someone committed themselves to exposing the lie that was told about these boys, about these men. And... I don't know that lightning strikes twice. So it just feels like we're all in limbo here, waiting for some kind of savior as a movement or savior as a person to come and actually lift us to the change that we need. And maybe that's what this movement is. Maybe that's what's happening right now. But I still, I can't feel but a little bit heartbroken at the thought of, you know, maybe nothing happens, maybe nothing um, gets done and changed, but we're seeing some changes. Um, sorry, I got a little teary-eyed watching that. The effects of George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey on me again. Same as the effect of watching the Central Park Five film. It was something I avoided feeling and uh, reacting to in the beginning. Because, and I feel ashamed to say this, but I was like, that's just how it happens. That's just how black people are treated here and we can't do anything about it. We, as black people, are still being taken advantage of like we are slaves because white privilege is dependent on the oppression of people of color, of black people. And white privilege affords so many things to white people um, and I think that white people are afraid of losing that power. And that is so heart-wrenching as well. So when I look at, and I still haven't watched the Ahmaud Aubrey tape of him being murdered by those men. And I'm, I'm going to because I think it, 
I need to see that to know how how so very important this fight is. Not that I don't know, but I just and I need that to keep me invested and not feel so removed because as a black person I feel that sometimes we remove ourselves because of how painful it is to know that that is how we're treated in this country and across the world there there are other places where black people are not welcome you know that's another thing we have to understand as black people is where can we go where you know the racism that we're going to be met with isn't going to be physically harmful. It might be emotionally harmful. You have to prepare for that. People aren't going to like you because you're black. You know, that's, you know, that's just how racism works. Um, so when you're, when you have to live a life like that, you want to remove yourself as much as you can from things you don't need to be directly involved with, even though really, honestly, you are directly involved with Ahmaud Aubrey because you have black skin. You're directly involved with Breonna Taylor because you have black skin. You ha- you're directly involved with George Floyd, you know, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, um, Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, Elijah McClain, all of these names, there's so many people that have been affected and we're all affected because we're all joined by our black skin and how our black skin is perceived. Um, I do believe in peace, but I also believe in aggression. You can be aggressive in a peaceful way. You can be peacefully aggressive. And... I think the the aggression that we're seeing um, is it works in tandem with the peace because the peace, while it can speak on its own, speaks for itself, people respond to aggressive behavior. People respond to aggression. Um, and that's unfortunate, but that's how society has conditioned this country. You look at slavery. That was a, an aggressive, brutal, ab- and abusive period of time. There's still so many other brutalities and abuse that have come uh, after slavery and before slavery. Um, but abuse is what people listen to. It's what people, we've been, we've been conditioned to accept abuse as just a natural occurrence rather than a toxic behavior. We accept, we accept abuse as, as an inherent um, trait. So while I do, I am for peaceful protesting, I understand the aggression. I understand the anger. I feel angry too. Um, I I have issues with anger and I have to center myself. Otherwise, I'm going to do some stupid shit. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I don't take part in it because I know it wouldn't make me feel good. 
at the end of the day, you know, um, so that's, that's how I feel about the peaceful and the aggressive protests. Um, when it comes to slavery having a traumatic effect on black people in, in our DNA, as people have said, which I, I do believe there's some truth to that because you generations are affected by the their treatment you know so my I sat down with my parents as a kid they sat us down my brother and I and told us hey this is what you do if you're stopped by the cops and it wasn't like they're here to help you it was a you don't know these people and they could harm you So I've never felt safe in a police presence, ever. I've always felt like they were agitators. I've always felt that they are there to, um, they're just there as kind of like like the, um, the overseer. The police are the overseers and the black people that they have murdered with impunity are the slaves. And I never felt safe, I've never felt safe. So I do believe there's something to be said about the trauma from slavery that definitely exists in the black community today. Um, When you come from a place as a kid, I learned that black people were subhuman at one point in time. And I was a fourth grader. I was in fourth grade, something like that. And... I I didn't know how to process that. I did not know how to process that. I felt like, how are we living right now with this happening? How come people are not more upset about this? As a fourth grader, and I was really confused. I was so confused. I was like, I shouldn't have white friends. Why are, you know, I'm not learning about the civil rights movement and all of that. It just made me even more angry at that how we at how we were treated and how was i supposed to communicate with my white friends how are they ever going to understand did they understand and a lot of them didn't and that's due to how we treat uh the subject of slavery in schools how we teach the subject of slavery in schools um so i think there's definitely a lot to be said about the trauma from slavery Um, I have experienced my own personal accounts with racism, uh, back in Oregon where my parents moved to, uh, to retire. I was visiting just about a month ago and I went to a liquor store. I had my mask on getting a bottle of wine. I was going to do a zoom family meeting and, you know, have some wine while I zoomed with my family. And I I go up to the counter and the guy, I I give him my ID and he asked for me to take my mask down. And I said, you know, I don't feel comfortable with that. I think that you can deduce who I am based on how much of my face is shown. And I have other items to, to verify that I say that I am who I say I am. He wouldn't accept that. I asked him why. And he said that in order for me to buy this bottle of wine, you need to see my face so he can match the ID. 
I was like, okay, that sounds a little bit much. I feel like you're targeting me and I don't like it. Um, so I said, you know what? I appreciate you saying that, but I'm, I guess I'm going to have to go. I don't, I don't feel comfortable taking my mask down. And mind you, I am part of the vulnerable population because I have cystic fibrosis. It's a lung disease. So, you know, I'm at higher risk because I could contract COVID. It could, it could be potentially fatal for me more so uh, than possibly someone else. Um, you know, and I, 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 I really just felt like it was coming from a racist place, to be honest. Um, and so I left, but then I came back and I was like, you know, I've been in here before and I just felt like the way that I was treated just now wasn't justified, you know, and I'd like to talk about this. I was like, if you need me to stand out side of the door, I can stand six feet away from you and take my mask down if that's what you need. And I did it even though he said that that wasn't necessary and it's too late for that. And then uh, I was asking him, well, how do you take, you know, how, how are, you, are you checking everybody? Are you telling everybody to take their mask off? Because I don't think you are. And then, you know, he gets upset and agitated with me exposing him. And then there's a white couple that comes up and says, you know, we weren't asked to take our mask down. And his answer to them was, I didn't, I didn't ring them up. He's like, I ask everybody. I'm like, and this man is the manager. I said, you're the manager and you're not telling your employees to, to have everybody take the, you know, treat everybody the same way. Whether you want to identify it as racism or not, it is discriminatory when you ask one person and not another. And that person and the discrepancy between those person, those two people are, are persons is the skin, color of your skin. Uh, and then at that point, he proceeded to say that I was trespassing, I was looting, and that he was going to call the police on me. Mind you, this is after George Floyd. This is after Christian Cooper and the Amy Cooper incident in New, in New York and Central Park. And so I was like, oh, you're fucking racist. You're going to call the cops on me when I have a customer service grievance? Is that a proportionate response to someone who has a customer service complaint? I don't think so. I don't think so. And uh, so that's one example of racism. There's many examples I can pull from from the time when I was a kid having a lot of microaggressive racism from my friends who were white. Um, a lot of internalized racism that I have. But my goal right now is to seek to dismantle institutionalized racism and microaggressive racism that then leads to macroaggressive forms of racism. Because the macroaggressive forms of racism are what happened to George Floyd, what could have happened to Christian Cooper. That woman was being microaggressively racist to him in the moment by assuming he was a threat to her because of his, the color of his skin. And the macroaggressive part of that was her threatening a police presence, which could have ended his life. Micro to macro equals death for black people. And people, you know, definitely I hear the narrative that, oh, black people are too sensitive and not everything is about race, not everything is racism. Well, actually, yes, it is. We live in a racist society. 
Your white privilege means that you benefit from racism, even if you don't yourself identify as racist, which I'm sure not a lot of people do unless you're proud about that. But there's a lot of racism that I think goes unchecked, especially in communities of, that are liberal. You know, um, the white savior complex, white knighting has a lot of uh, racist undertones that I think go unchecked and unacknowledged because they want to be allies, but then they don't check their racism. Uh, and so I think we need to spend more time and have more conversations about, hey, this white person that says they care about you, really look at their behavior. That doesn't mean that you guys can't be friends. doesn't mean that you shouldn't be together. It means really understand that there is probably some racism that they have not really evaluated, that they have not really spent time on because they don't see it as racism. And that's the problem. A lot of these microaggressions, a lot of institutionalized racism, people argue about whether it's racist. It is. And the only reason the argument exists is because people are so defensive and offended by the idea that they have done something racist. When they forget this country was built on racism. So when this country is built on racism, how do you expect everyone's going to act? We are going to act from a racist place because that is what we've been taught and conditioned to do. That is where a lot of these racial injustices come from. This, the social injustices and um, the inequality. And we need to acknowledge that. So that's what I want people to understand. That's what I want people to know about in terms of the racism in this country. We need to dismantle it. You know, taking down statues, putting Black Lives Matter on streets, all well and good. I'm thankful that people are willing to express it in a physical way. But that's a superficial way. That's a that's a that's a that's that's not systemic change. Systemic change is hiring black people, listening to black voices, don't talk over black voices giving black voices platforms, giving black people opportunities to be heard and seen in ways that they have not. Understanding that the black community is not two-dimensional. We are not a two-dimensional product, which is what I've been seeing in the, in the film industry lately. Oh, black people are trending. Let's put out black content. Let's put up black content but not understanding how vital it is to put up black content that actually speaks truly to the black experience. Not just for you to make a dollar. I don't want to hear about another drug empire black person. We, we have those stories already. Let's move on. Let's talk about other things. So that's what we need to focus on. The justice system is what it is. And it's not good for black people. It's there to kill and enslave black people. That's just, that's just the facts. Um, but yeah, there's so much more I could say. <laughs> so much more. Um, but thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about some things that do really mean a lot to me. I'm opening my eyes a lot more now than I have ever before. Because this is just... It just has to stop. I fear for my brother, my father, my uncles, my cousins, my family. 
I fear for my family. And I I don't I don't want to stop and fall asleep on this. I think I'm finally woken. And it took a while because it was painful to talk about this. It was painful to know that a lot of the struggle in my life is just due to my existing as a black person. You know. So I don't want to I don't want anybody to sleep on this. I want us all to be awake. I want us all to be awake.